All right, well, here we go. Welcome to the Sport Fanatics podcast, episode one. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris. And I'm Jay Mike. Let's roll the theme song. Let's do it. NBA playoffs are still going on. Had one team advance already. And that was the Phoenix Suns with a 4 to nothing sweep over MVP-led Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, they didn't play around. Sure didn't. Uh, Chris Paul and that Phoenix Suns team, they are playing really great and inspired basketball right now. I, I It's just been a privilege to see this team play um they are you you could tell you could tell that they want to be in the postseason after missing out on it last year in in that bubble I, i personally thought that they should have advanced into um into the playoffs in the bubble last year but but you know you can tell that this season they have really had that chip on their shoulder all season long, and it has uh, carried them to the number two overall seed in the Western Conference playoff, and, and they are playing at an extremely high level right now. And they're waiting to see if they're going to pick up the, the Jazz or the Clippers. Yes, the, uh, the Clippers tying the series up last night with a – Pretty dominant win over the Utah Jazz um, to get back even in that series. And it, it, it's been incredible because this is the second time in the playoffs back-to-back series that the L.A. Clippers have been down two games to none, and they have clawed their way back to tie the series. They pulled it out last series. But the, the question going forward is – is is Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley going to be healthy enough to carry this Utah Jazz team over over this this hot LA Clippers team right now because they're, they're they are really playing good basketball in LA really inspired um and they are they are right back in this thing that's for sure who do you think is the most of a threat to the Suns to the Suns two? yeah I would have to say the LA Clippers just because right now they're they're clicking on all cylinders. They got the hot hand right now. They they do. They do. Um but I I I personally think that Paul George has to keep playing at this level that that he is. He doesn't need to uh to to have any nights off. He he, he needs to he needs to continue playing the way that he is and I I, I think they have a legitimate shot uh to make the NBA Finals. All right, so I, I got a feeling you got the you got the Clippers winning that series. Then, if they play the Suns, well, if oh here against the Jazz, oh against the Jazz, yeah. oh, oh yes, yes, uh, primarily because of 
the injuries with Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Conley has has hasn't even stepped on the floor yet in this series, and he's what makes their offense go. Um, Donovan Mitchell, first two games, he really picked up the slack for Conley, but he he's starting to to gimper gimper around himself, so he he's not a hundred percent, and that's not a good sign going forward, especially with an LA Clippers team that has clawed back into the series. Yeah, that'll that'll kill you in the postseason. No Just, question about it. Yeah, getting gimpy. No question. Yes, uh, and, and and that's unfortunately that's been the narrative in these NBA playoffs uh, so far is just the amount of injuries to the superstars on on each team. It, it's it's really been uh, debilitating for these for these franchises. That's for sure, especially these franchises that really in these NBA playoffs, it's it's anybody's title this year. Yeah. Well, it's kind of fun, though, for it to be wide open. Absolutely. Like you don't know who it's going to be. The past few years, it's kind of felt on rails a little bit. Absolutely. So, you know, it's fun. As a, as a sports fan, you you would always like to, to see somebody either win it for the first time or to break a long title drought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, has carried for so long. But this – I mean, obviously, this will be the year that either somebody's drought's going to end, or we will have a first-time champion. And and it's just, I I think it's beautiful for sports. I think it's beautiful for uh for the NBA and basketball itself. Yeah, it'll be exciting to see which fan base is the one getting to go crazy. Yes. At the end. Yes. Well, all right. So let's move on to the to the okay. East. Let's do it. So the Bucks and Nets tied. Yes, yes, they are tied. They they actually play tonight, uh, here uh, t- Tuesday night. I believe they're the only game on television tonight on, on TNT. Yep. Going back to debilitating injuries right now in the NBA playoff, uh, the the Nets are dealing with two big injuries of their own in Kyrie Irving and James Harden. James Harden is another player that has yet to step on the floor in this series. But the uh, the the injury to Kyrie Irving in Game Four, uh, the the ankle injury that is, really really hurt that Nets ball club because KD had to be the primary scorer, uh, Kevin Durant, and he just he just did not have have any help at all. No nobody stepped up for him, and that's that is really a major component going forward is is the health of two two of the biggest stars in the NBA. Well, and you can't be a you can't just be relying on one player, especially once you get to postseason. Yes. Like yes. Um, you got here with your with both guys, those will likely be pretty difficult for them moving forward in the series. Yes. To get past yes. that. I fully expect Kevin Durant to um to, to be the primary primary scoring option for the for this uh for this Nets team. He he's going to have to post some big numbers tonight for them to have a shot because uh going back to what I what I said about the LA Clippers crawling back into their series with the Utah Jazz, that's exactly what has happened here in this series with the injuries as well. The the Bucks are right back in this thing. 
if if the Milwaukee Bucks can really really feed Giannis inside tonight and um and and shoot a good percentage from the perimeter I really like this Milwaukee Bucks team taking game 5 taking a 3 to 2 series lead pushing it back to Milwaukee and then it's theirs to to take Absolutely and 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 then um the question is is will either one or 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 two of the best players on your team be back for a crucial game six to try to get this thing to seven, seven games. But this, this game, this game tonight is, is big for both, both ball clubs because, well, and I mean, and this is the game that's always pivotal anyway, because you want to yes. be up three to two. Absolutely. And so, and with the injuries included in there, yeah, like this is, it's not technically a go home night, for for the nets but it kind of feels like it with with everything that's going on it 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 does the bucks pull this thing out tonight they're in the catbird seat oh yeah for sure at at home back home in milwaukee you knew coming into this thing that this this would probably be their best chance at making a nba finals let alone winning a championship this year just just like with just like with the Phoenix Suns in my opinion the you know this is this is the best opportunity for the Phoenix Suns to win um win their first championship and either of those would be some fun teams to watch win it all both of no them no question I, I it'd be fun to see I, them I, I really I really believe we're going to have uh we're going to have a pretty good NBA finals this year mm-hmm. just because and I just I just pray that no one else gets hurt, of course. Oh, wait, well, yeah, for sure. But I mean, you want to see two teams that are at full strength no question. going at it once you get there. No question, but whomever makes it out of the Eastern and Western Conference, it should be a great NBA Finals because, you know, both squads are going to go toe-for-toe, and they're going to know that uh, each side's going to know that is – is this is our best opportunity to win a championship because there's no telling what's going to happen in free agency um, with the draft. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, you know, the the Lakers were hurt all season long, just about. They'll be back. This is up for grabs mm-hmm. this season for sure. Well, we can't forget about the other Eastern. Uh, we got the 76ers and the Hawks. And, I mean, just a few years ago, the 76ers were bottom dweller. Yes. And here they are in, in yes. got a chance. And it's tied at this another series that's tied. Yes, uh, another series that was tied last night. Uh, 76ers blowing a 18-point second-half lead in that one. And... Atlanta's right back in this thing. Yeah, Atlanta fans are saying, I'm glad it wasn't us for once. And um, also in that second half, Joel Embiid, 0 for 12. That's cold. That's a cold streak. That is that is not that is not going to get you a playoff win. That, that's for sure, especially when you're the number one scoring option on your team as well. But it also doesn't help that the um, 
that that no nobody picked him up in the second half. When 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 he's he's struggling like that, when when anybody's struggling like that, there has got to be somebody or or, or some other guy step up. And that's especially when you're up that big in the second half. You know, you're you're trying you're you are really trying to take a commanding three to one series lead and you're trying to end this thing as 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 quick as you can to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. You think maybe they got a little tight and defensive, maybe with that big lead and just trying not to blow it and end up blowing it? They they weren't getting anything offensively in the second half. Especially with uh, with Embiid going over twelve like that, right? But you figured number one overall pick a couple of a uh, couple of years ago, Ben Simmons. You, you figured he would carry the load, but he he still has a problem um, shooting the ball efficient efficiently. Um, he's he, he's more he's more of an inside guy, but I've I've also noticed that. Not only is is he not is he not a lethal shooter, but he is not a lethal free throw shooter at all. They adopted the old hack and shack like they used to do to Shaquille O'Neal because they oh. they, they they knew that he would miss yeah. both at the both free throws at the line, and that's basically what they're doing with Ben Simmons here, and uh, he has a horrible free throw percentage right now, so. I mean, you you figured you figured he would be working on that a lot, but he he is he has got to he has got to play like the player that the Seventy Sixers organization thought that he would become going forward because Embiid has got that partially torn uh, meniscus, meniscus mm-hmm. which you, you could tell you could tell that was bothering him in the second half. And of course, going over over twelve like that in the second half, you know, just compounding issues. Just it's just on this team that had that has talent. I, I mean, my goodness, you know, going back to what you said about they were bottom dwellers a while back, they have done a really good job of of drafting and signing pieces these past couple of off seasons to get them um get them in a in a spot where they can win a championship but uh other guys have got to step up uh because this this Atlanta Hawks team is playing with no fear right now no fear at all well and usually the team with no fear they're in the playoffs they're the one that's most likely to advance yes you'll play loose yes. no worries yes. and just go for it and you're absolutely right, if, Chris. If the 76ers are, I mean, you know, they players know how to try to block things out, but if they're thinking about some of these same things that with the injuries and they blew this last game, you know, they'll start possibly getting in their own head and, and we'll see mm-hmm. how that affects this next game and, and how, how that affects the series from here on out. But you know, momentum definitely seems to be on the Hawks' side right now after that. Yes, that huge comeback. Yes, and they are they are another team that's that that is playing uh, inspiring basketball right now. Once again, if 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 guys on this 
on this uh, talented 76ers team do not step up. I believe I believe this thing is going seven, and we could have a pretty wild finish in uh, game seven of this series. Oh, I'd like to see that. I would too. Plain and simple, guys have got to step up for this 76ers team with Embiid's injury and um, – you know, just just all offensively, because we we know we all know that the Seventy Sixers team plays good defense. I mean, heck, they have two players on the uh, first team NBA All Defensive Team, and that's Embiid and Ben Simmons. Your you know your top top two top two guys on that Seventy Sixers squad, mm-hmm. but. Uh, ben Ben Simmons has got to step it up. He has got to step it up. Um, you'd like to see the the Danny Green of old when he was with San Antonio popping threes from the perimeter, uh, popping threes when he was with uh, the Toronto Raptors just a couple of seasons ago when they won their first right. championship. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he he was huge. He he was huge down the stretch with that that Toronto Raptors team. He um he he played in the playoffs just like we're accustomed to see Danny Green, but he has yet to show himself in this series. You know, whether whether it's playing Shake Milton a little bit more, because let me tell you, he he he's pretty he's pretty lethal on the perimeter. I mean he's he's knocking down shots when he's in there, but he's he's mainly coming up off coming up off the bench um i think off offensively going forward for doc rivers you probably need to put him in your starting lineup to get something going offensively because you you have you have got to do something in this series um to compete offensively with this atlantic atlanta hawks team that is really good offensively especially from the perimeter Right. Well, especially when you've been struggling. Yes. As you have. Yes, yes. I mean, you have got to make adjustments going forward if you're the Philadelphia 76ers on on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that was a look at the NBA playoff situation at the moment. Later on, we'll take a look forward into this next week. We've already made a few predictions through here, but we'll try to decide who we think is going to be in the finals and – in the conference finals, see how it goes. We're moving on to MLB. Uh, this past week had some a little bit of movement in the standings. Uh, Tampa Bay, of course, swept the Orioles. Not no, the, no surprise there. Yeah, not the hardest thing in the world to do, but uh, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> they're they're pulling away in the East, which is crazy because you see how that division is is so stacked right now with uh with a young Tampa Bay Rays squad and a young Toronto Blue Jays squad. Yeah, the Blue Jays can be scary in a few years. Um uh, of course the the Red Sox have actually done a except exceptional job of uh, scouting and coming back from the doldrums, coaching up their young talent. But of course, they have the money during the off season to go buy some big time free agents and uh, plug them into their lineup. Their lineups or pitching staffs, 
And the same goes with the Yankees. So all four teams um, have, have have really done a done a good job scouting and, and developing. But you figured it would be the Yankees and the Red Sox controlling this division, considering that they have the money during free agency each each and every off season to to make make their ball clubs better well tampa bay is just so scrappy man they'll they have no budget and they'll just get all this talent this young amazing talent put this team together and and use analytics and coaching and i mean they've been a thorn in the yankee side for it yes. feels like years now yes I, so I would not be shocked if Tampa Bay holds on to this and wins the division this year. But like you said, it's stacked. I mean, the Red Sox were hot earlier this year. They yes get right back, take that lead again. I mean, the the Yankees. We'll see what happens. They're struggling right now. They had a another tough weekend, falling further behind. Yeah, and I I saw something the other day where a reporter asked. Um, manager Yankee manager Aaron Boone about the Yankee struggles so far this season and he told the reporter we've got to step it up plain and simple and and that's exactly what you're going to have to do in a really tough uh, AL East division right now especially with the Rays playing really good baseball well and as talented as that team is, the names they have to be sitting at just above 500 is inexcusable. And I mean, I know that's what Aaron Boone is alluding to there. I mean, there's no option but to pick it up because it's just ridiculous to have people like Aaron Judge, uh, to to have Stanton, uh, to have all this young talent as well, and just Form, former top prospect in the Cub organization. Yeah. Uh, that uh, the Cubs traded to get a role as Chapman in 2016. Uh, Glaber Torres, and, and, shortstop for the Yankees now. And now they're both with the Yankees again. Or yes. Like, or, you know, Chapman's back. Well, so. th- once again, that, that, that goes back to, uh, to to the Yankees having that money in the offseason where they could go, you know, not only trade him away to get to get a really good young piece uh, for for their their new core that they're wanting to build in New York, but you you have the money to go back and get one of the premier closers in the game right now, and in a role as Chapman. So yeah, so they and with that with that group, they got to be up there with the the Rays and the Jays and yes. and the Red Sox. But I, we'll see how that goes. That like I said, the Blue Jays they're also. They're fun to watch right now just because they're – it seems they have a bright future in front of them if they can keep that talent. And and I'd like to ask you something real quick, Chris. I've seen where the Toronto Blue Jays are, are not able to play in Toronto this season oh, due to yeah. the pandemic. Do you have any idea where, they're a play, where they are playing at this season? Because well, I, I, I still – They're at their AAA, the AAA Buffalo, okay. in Buffalo. AAA Buffalo. So they're just across the okay the line, basically. They're just right across the the the, the, the lake there. Yeah. Okay. Because 
I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I've, I've kind of, you know, I've, I've kind of have had fun out of this. It, it seems to me like, like they're playing at a ballpark that, um, that you would normally put together a world baseball classic at. Yeah, it, it does. Look That's a what bit, that reminds me of anyway. Yeah. It looks a bit like a generic ballpark. Yes. Like just, yeah. But I, you know, I, thank you for answering that because I, I had been wondering for quite a while because I, I knew they weren't playing. They're, they're not able to play in Toronto. I knew I knew it was somewhere here in the United States, but um, but that's that's pretty neat for for them to be playing um in their uh AAA affiliates. Well, and it's neat for those fans too. Like imagine yes, and we'll see if they how they do the rest of the year. But imagine if they you know win the AL East and they're doing it in their AAA park for those yes. fans. That would be and, amazing. And 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 something I wish that um that major league baseball and minor league baseball would do a lot more often. Cause I don't know if you remember this, but, um, quite often right before the regular season started. So it would, it would pretty much be that stretch where spring training either was about to end or or it or it did end. Yeah, like those in between. They'd have those in between yes. games. I I I remember that the St. Louis Cardinals would play the Memphis Redbirds oh. in in Memphis at AutoZone Park. They would they would play you know whatever you want to call it a scrimmage game or or, or whatever. But they they would play each, both both yeah I remember that both ball clubs would play each other. Yeah, they and, should do that more often. They do. They 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 really need to do that. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know. I'd have to look into that. I don't know if that was unique to the Cardinals organization, okay. or if like okay. other teams do that as well. Like, I don't. I mean, I, I followed Yankees baseball. I, I don't remember if they would do that or not. As a as a huge baseball fan, I would absolutely love to see that happen um, around the country. You know, Chicago Cubs play the Iowa Cubs and uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Just all around the country, these um, these major league ball clubs playing their AAA affiliate right before the season starts. It just be a great opportunity for um, for each franchise's fan base to 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 get a good look at what the two club two ball clubs have going into the season. Well, yeah, and beyond that. Well, yes, for the season, and also give not just the fans, but the organization the sort of an extra look into the talent they have to see. Absolutely, yeah, to see who's what you have maybe going ready to move up soon. Oh, yes, to that point, baseball. You're playing 162 games. There's going to be a lot of injuries. It's a marathon. A lot of injuries over the course of the season. So, uh. You de- you definitely want your 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 young talent in the minor leagues to develop, and most of the time, probably in a hurry because going back to um, Tampa Bay Rays, you know they don't have the budget to to buy players, so they're having to go off of what's in their minor league system. Yeah, that that seems like it'd be something that would benefit, especially teams like the the Rays. 
them those smaller markets it maybe even benefit them more yes. to to get an eye into that so yes so that was the the American League East uh over in the central the the White Sox swept the Tigers again not not a shocker yeah not a surprise not a shocker but they're pulling away in the the central yeah yeah that's um start of the season you you knew that this was the White Sox division to uh to uh to win which i'm sure makes you so happy well me me being a chicago <laughs> cup fan for you know for all these years it's it, it's really not a not a good not a good <laughs> sight to see them in in first place but uh even better news the the cubs tied atop the nl central with the milwaukee brewers oh, a, yeah. after a pretty pretty rocky uh, start to to their season. Oh yeah, they have they picked it up here lately. They're playing they're playing really good baseball. Um, over the weekend, swept their arch rival, the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, it's huge. Wrigley Field had a really good really good series in that one. Those two seem to be sort of pulling away at the moment, which, which is crazy because just like the AL East. Um, I I figured this NL Central was going to be a loaded division as well, with the uh, with with the additions that the Cincinnati Reds have made, but the Reds losing Trevor Bauer in free agency hurt them. Oh yeah, with their with their pitching staff, and so um so they they they're really having to swing it well to keep it up uh keep keep up the pace in this in this really tough division and it it's really been odd to see the Cardinals struggle as of late but their their pitching has not been all that all that great uh starting pitching and and relief pitching has not been good for them here lately which is crazy because I had this St. Louis Cardinal team winning this division but if if they don't pick it up pitching wise or, or or if they don't go out uh late next month and 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 add add a couple of pretty decent arms then they're, they're going to be in trouble in the second half yeah they're going to be uh needing to buy at the no trade question. deadline no question because they they have they have the uh they have the offensive firepower especially with the acquisition of nolan Arenado now uh in st louis you know they can swing it, but they're they're definitely going to have to pitch pitch it going forward because Cubs and Brewers really starting to pull away. And it'll be interesting right see, before the first half. Yeah, maybe is over. So we'll have to see if the Cubs kind of got their slump out of the way early. We'll have to see if the Brewers kind of falter here as the oh, season yes. goes on. And and um, I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because. The Brewers right now they're they're playing a pretty easy stretch in their schedule, which which has been able to um, get them back into things in the NL Central, especially with the Cardinals struggling right now, and the, and the Cubs having a tough stretch. They did, they did, they they had a tough West Coast stretch where 
they lost to the San Francisco Giants in that series three out of four games. They were able to uh, steal two or three from the San Diego Padres, who were, who were playing really good baseball so far this season. Um, but obviously, that sweep over the Cardinals over the weekend was huge for them to remain tied with with the Milwaukee Brewers considering they've been on one of the easiest stretches of their schedule in the uh, early goings of this season. Yeah, so we'll see we'll see where those where that settles out, but I, I guess we can stay out west. The the Giants and Dodgers are neck and neck right now. Yes. You yes. Know, they the resurgence of the San Francisco Giants. It's really great to see if you're a baseball fan. You know, it wasn't that long ago they were uh they were fun to watch out there. They were they were especially in the postseason. It seemed like seemed like every odd year they were winning yeah, the World Series. Year. Yeah. And, and uh which is remarkable. Yeah, they were like the they were like a dynasty of every other year. Yes. And then they they play that they play that um play in wild card game against the New York Mets and pretty much get um I believe it was a big home run late in that ball game to to pick up that win. But you, you run into the you run into the two thousand ended up being the two thousand sixteen World Series champion Chicago Cubs in the first round. It's, yeah, that made you happy. Well, <laughs> that go, year made you happy. Yes, yes, it did. But going into that series, I'm not going to lie to you, I was worried just because of what we just talked about, the San Francisco Giants winning every odd year. Thank the good Lord this was an even year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> brought in the Cubs' favor. Yes, uh, and that series, pe- you know, people forget at times, that series was three outs away from going to a – Winner take all game five. That's true. Back in Chicago, hey, because the the World Series that year was so incredible. The the Cubs were down three runs in the top of the ninth. Scored four runs to take take a six five lead in San Francisco, and then the aforementioned trade that we uh, previously discussed between the Cubs and Yankees. It all comes full circle. Deadline deal. Aroldis Chapman is traded to the Chicago Cubs for Glaber Torres, number one ranked prospect in the Cubs farm system. Uh, really good acquisition for both ball clubs at the time. Well, and hey, they made that trade to win the World Series. Yes, and it worked out. It did. It it did. It, even 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 though Aroldis Chapman was was overused, he was worn out. In that World Series, you could tell. Um, but you know he he did he did exactly what they what they wanted him to do when 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 they acquired him, and that that was to close and finish out ball games, and he was able to do that in route to a World Series title, first in a in a hundred and eight years, I might add. Yeah, it was crazy. So, um, but anyway, the, uh, no surprise there with the Los Angeles Dodgers being atop the NL West, your reigning 
defending World Series champion there. Yeah, I'm honestly I'm I kind of expected them to run away with the division this year. So it's nice to see the Giants. I, I actually did not. I actually did not. I, I expected uh San Diego to oh. hang hang around. Okay. Lurking in the shadows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's really great. It's really great for baseball. Resurgence of San Francisco. Um, young San Diego Padre squad playing good, inspiring baseball. Which I mean, they could- and and then, and then we we know we we know what to expect from L.A. Yeah, they're, they're the they're the reigning, defending World Series champion, and and so you've you've got a three headed juggernaut in that division right now. It's it's great to see. I love it. As a baseball fan. Oh, yeah, it's great. All of you baseball fans out there, you love to see it too. And then on the other end of the division, we have the Diamondbacks, who have now lost 11 games in a row as we are recording this. They have the worst record in baseball. Tough time to be an Arizona fan. It is. That's very unfortunate. Um, Because you really really thought when Tony La Russa took that you know, director of baseball operations job that he would he would figure out a way um, to draft some really good young talent in that organization. But I, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what probably the biggest blow of them all was for that franchise was whenever he drafted Dansby Swanson, the former all-american shortstop at vanderbilt drafted him number one overall a couple years back traded him to the atlanta braves for pitcher shelby miller who i do not believe is even pitching in the league anymore see that's pretty disastrous and now um dansby swanson is a starting shortstop in the league with with the Atlanta Braves and the Atlanta Braves uh, are another really good young team. Well, and hey, we we stay there. The National League East, the the Mets are in first right now, doing pretty good, holding pretty steady. But which I did not expect. Yeah, I did. I did, I did not expect them to be in in, in first place. Yeah, it's definitely right a surprise. Now. now we'll see if they can hold it. Yes, you know they have a tendency yes. to uh, heartbreak they, their fans. They are another team at the deadline that I believe needs to buy. What do you think they most need to get to add? That's a great question, Chris. I think they need another bat, and I think they need I think they need um, starting pitching because we all know Jacob Degrom's injury history. I'm sure Mets fans probably have some but, flashbacks. Like that'd be the thing to derail their season. So and 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 it's not it's not only with Degrom. It's it's always it's always been the case with Noah Syndergaard, aka Thor. Yeah, yeah. As well, he cannot cannot stay healthy. So they're going to need to um, get some starting pitching. That, that's for sure. But it's it's really a surprise that they are uh, they are in first place right now in the National League East. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't expect the the Braves to go away, but oh no. But but no. It'll be interesting to see if uh, 
no. how close it gets or if the Mets are able to sort of hold this lead steady. I'll be kind of surprised if they do, honestly. I expect yes. a close yes. race. I, I I expect Atlanta to pull away in the second half. Just like just like anybody, you know, any other baseball fan would. But if the Mets can add at the trade deadline, look out because they already made uh, a great acquisition in free agency with the acquisition of you know, all league shortstop Francisco Lindor. Mm-hmm. Really, really good, really good player. Oh, yeah, Get, sure. getting him from getting him from Cleveland. Um, signing former Detroit Tiger great catcher in James McCann. Um, so some smart moves. Had some smart moves. Yes, and I mean, you know, you know me, J. Mike. I would. I mean, my number one World Series I want to see is is Yankees Cubs. I want to see that one day. Me but too. Which, would, we, which we were obviously very close to seeing that oh yeah. in two thousand and three. Oh yeah, we were. If if things would have played out differently, yeah, that year wasn't which great they for either of us. That that didn't end great <laughs> for either of us. But second on that would be another Subway Series. I'd love to see a Yankees Mets. That would be a lot of fun as well. Yeah. Um, so I'd be happy if the Mets could hold on here and, and pull it out. Yeah. Um. Another fun series would be L.A. Dodgers versus L.A. Angels. Oh, yeah. Like a freeway series. And, I mean, there's a good chance of that this year. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. The, we'll the see what happens. Angels are playing good baseball as of late. Um, Joe Madden, he has always been a, a great manager of getting being able to get – young players to buy into his philosophy and and how how he approaches the game if these young angels can keep it up um that's that's another team that could be looking to add add at the uh, trade deadline coming up next month yeah they're they're hot right now they're they're gaining ground i mean the the athletics which is crazy yeah the athletics are are you know, on top right now and they had a good weekend against the royals but the, the angels aren't far far behind Yes, it's it is crazy considering the awful start to the season for them. Yeah, that's that's right. I I almost forgot about that, but they had a rough start. They did. Um they 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 really did. Um but that that just goes to show you how great of a manager Joe Madden is. He took a Tampa Bay Ray squad to the World Series in 2008. Yeah, that was like the the real ascent of their success. Yes. Was, you know, him and, and the talent they brought in, the scouting and all that work. That was when they started to yes. really take off. And um, he goes to Chicago, inherits a young group there, turns them from lovable losers into lovable winners and ends a 108-year title drought in Chicago. Most infamous drought in sports at that time. Said we don't need no Billy Goat around here. Yes. (laughs) And, 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 And boy, was that one broken. But thing of it is, is 
he he's he's done it at his previous two stops. He is he he's he's been able to change the culture from from losing into to having fun. And when whenever you're able to do that, you're you're and, and you get your players to buy in, you start to win. And um you know that that's what's happening right now. I, I I hope this continues throughout the remainder of the season because, quite frankly, I'm a Joe Madden fan. J- just by just by his managerial style, um, and of course I have a soft spot for him. You know, turning uh, and it, being a part of breaking that 108 year old drought oh yeah well i'm a i'm a fan too just because he's he seems like a guy that's great for the players yes and well like you mentioned with the young talent he seems really good at at coaching up players yes and it's just fun to see managers like that and it'll be exciting to see if the angels i mean who knows they might just continue to improve throughout the season i yes. wouldn't at this point i wouldn't be shocked i mean i'm surprised at the, the how hot they are now but if they just keep this up and keep getting better uh, which they're 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 in a division where it's up for grabs oh yeah for sure the yeah the the only team you know the old cliche to be the best you have to beat the best and even though they're cheaters they're they're still they're still the best in that division they they have they have been for for quite a few years now they've proven it you know if 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 you want to win that division you're you're going to have to de- dethrone the Houston Astros and i will love whoever does it and this this could very well be the team that does it yeah it'd be um but joe madden has been great for baseball in the aspect of he changes the culture every where he goes the Tampa Bay Rays ha- Which have, have their culture. That's a huge culture shift to have to do there. I mean, think Tampa Bay Rays 15 years ago. Yes, but they they it it, it just seems like they've carried that over into this uh, Kevin Cash era. Oh yeah, they're they're so strong still. Which heck, n- not that many months ago, um, they're playing for a World Series title. So, so you you you've seen that culture change. You saw the Chicago Cubs culture change when he um he inherited a one hundred law over a hundred lost team. Crazy thing about it is is you know uh, Joe Madden leaves the Tampa Bay Rays for the Chicago Cubs. Um, Tampa Bay Rays go out and get a former major league catcher to replace him okay um of course of course two years ago joe madden and the cubs decided to part ways we have another pattern here the cubs replaced joe madden with a former major league catcher who was on that world 2016 world series champion team and and david ross a real players guy, and like, and and now Joe Madden is the manager of the Angels. But you you uh, you hope to heck that he remains um, with the Angels because I'm here to tell you 
the last time they were really, really relevant. They won the World Series title in 2002, and Joe Madden was an assistant coach on that staff under Mike Sosha. I forgot about that. Joe Madden is trying to create a culture like he's done at his two previous stops in Tampa Bay and Chicago. He's he he's he is creating a culture. But it also helps that he was a part of that 2002 World Series championship team and he and he not only does he he know how to get it done but um, he's been in that organization before when they reached the highest of highs. And, and I mean, Los Angeles seems to be a perfect fit for him anyway. Like, yes, it yes, seems like that's he, where he really wanted to go. Yes, because he 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 his uh, he has a West Coast philosophy. Anyway, um, I, I mean, I mean, heck, heck, you you look at him half the time, and and you know, you pretty much call him a hippie. <laughs> because I mean let, let's be frank you know he's got he's got one of those vans that that you uh I I know he does cuz I remember this he he has one of those vans that you know somebody would drive in the 60s or 70s Oh you mean like the Volkswagen thing or Yes okay uh-huh. Yeah so you got that going on um Just needs to put on some Beatles and and I I know I know back when he was in Chicago he would he would uh, ride his bicycle to Wrigley Field, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that's probably I, why he's I, in such good shape. It. I always heard. Yeah, yeah. I think he's. Uh, I think he's in his seventies. He is a great manager. Of course, of course. I wish he were still in Chicago. I I, I hate things didn't work out. I I wish they would have kept going forward. But I'm so grateful to him for changing the culture in the Chicago Cubs organization to where to where it is today and going back to the points that I made for the carryover uh, from this regime to that regime the culture has remained the same and that culture is winning well and that's what you want as an organization and but but not not only winning but ha- having fun. Right. I mean, and, and and that's and and that's what that's what you teach. That's what you teach these young kids that that, that are that are playing the um playing the travel baseball these days. You know, you 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 want to you want to teach them how how to have how to have fun. And and when that happens, I, I do believe that the winning will follow. Oh yeah! If you're not having fun, you're not going to win as a team. No question. You're, you're going to get no question about it. But Joe, you know Joe Madden, he is uh, he's one of a kind. That's for sure. But the impact that he has made in Major League Baseball uh, second to none. He is he's changed the culture from dead last to first or pretty dang near winning a world series championship uh in tampa bay you know from from that that worst to first type of thing so he he's he he's uh he's absolutely been great for for major league baseball and i just 
hope to see him um, continue to change the culture and and revive this Los Angeles Angels organization. Yeah, we'll see what happens here long term with the Angels, but first first results here looking pretty good. So we'll, yes, we'll yes, see, we'll yes, see what happens. Yes. I hope, you know, me me being a uh, Joe Madden fan, I hope it can, can continue in L.A. for him. Yeah, hopefully so. Well, I think that got us through around baseball. Seemed like we hit all the the top things for this past week. So we'll move on and we'll move to the college level. Um, eight teams advance to the College World Series that start this upcoming weekend in Omaha, Nebraska. But we are fixing to dive in in uh, to the super regional round of the NCAA tournament. Chris, go ahead and tell us our first game that we're going to uh, to talk uh, talk and discuss about. Well, I think you got to start at the biggest surprise, which is NC State knocking off Arkansas two games to shocker. one. Shocker. Absolute shocker. Yeah, that, and especially after Arkansas just knocked the doors off NC State in that first game. What was it? It was like 21 to nothing, yeah, I believe, or 21 to – I think they had one. 21 to one, one, I think. Or 21 to two, maybe. Yeah, that, I'll check here in a second. But, yeah, that was – I mean, I, at that point, I figured, well, Arkansas, you know, they're going to come out of this and be just fine. But, no, they L- – Lack of lack of pitching really hurt that team this year. Uh, lack of lack of consistent pitching other than Kevin Copps. Uh, you know, the uh, the national player of the year – Probably going to be your golden golden spikes award winner um, here here in the next couple of weeks. I I I wouldn't uh, I would be shocked if it wasn't Kevin Copps from Arkansas. Um, also, he was the SEC Player of the Year, rightfully so. They had the best team by far in uh, in the SEC this year. Uh, number one nationally nationally ranked for a number number of weeks this season. Uh, yeah, I mean they looked like they were the best team for a while, and it was it was twenty one to two. By the way, I just checked twenty one to two. I okay. just remembered that twenty one number jumping out. There there was another series I thought where um I I, I thought where it was it, yes yes it was the uh it was the Stanford um Stanford Texas Tech. Stanford, Texas Tech, but we'll we'll dive into that in a uh, in a moment. But um, back to Arkansas, you you figured you figured during this NCAA tournament run that they were going to have to outslug their opponent, or you know whoever they matched up with, and they cert they certainly needed to do that um, uh, over the weekend, and they they, they did not. After after that after that onslaught um, in game one, yeah, the, like, the, the the offense um, offense slowed down quite a bit. The next two, yeah, it's like they uh, they blew everything they had in that first game and then had nothing left. Yes. <laughs> but yes. I mean, what about NC State though? Just hanging in there and not feeling lost after that first game. And to come back yes. and win that series that against yes. Arkansas, one of the top SEC teams, that's something. Um, not not a lot of depth in that that Arkansas um, that Arkansas pitching staff. You know they they relied on Kevin Copps a ton, 
and it came back to bite him in game three um, where he was he was announced as the starter prior to game time in game three and pitched pitched really well don't get me wrong um but gave up two huge home runs that um propelled nc state to this monumental upset over the number one team in the country number one uh, national seed in this ncaa tournament yeah just and and you just you just you just hate to see um you just hated to see that happen to such a, a a great pitcher um great player all throughout this season if we could put him in Omaha we absolutely would because he deserves the right to pitch in Omaha but unfortunately it just it, it just didn't happen for this Arkansas Razorback Ball Club and once again it hasn't happened since 1999 where the number one overall national seed in the NCAA tournament went on to win a national championship. So I guess we're going to have to wait another yeah. season to find that out. That's a crazy stat. Uh, and, I saw and that the other day. That's the something. 1999 Miami Hurricanes were the last team to do it. Everybody thought this Arkansas team was invincible, but... Um, well, once you get through the juggernaut of SEC, like the competition they have... I mean, it's it's not a bad opinion to have. But if you if, if you watched Arkansas throughout the year, you you know that you knew that their pitching was a concern, and you know how often were they going to use Kevin Copps? And let me tell you, they used him quite a lot in the postseason. They 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 used him a good bit in the SEC tournament. You know, winning their way to their first SEC tournament championship in program history, rightfully so, which is which is crazy that that was their first SEC tournament title since Dave Van Horn has been there. You uh you know, you figured he's he's been to Omaha, he's taken Arkansas to six college world series appearances, I believe. You figured he would have at least won, you know, a couple of SEC tur- tournament titles, but turns out that <laughs> This year was his his first. You just really you you really hate it for for Kevin Copps because he coming coming back from 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 missing out, um, missing the whole season, and he he really had to reinvent himself, and he discovered how to throw that what they're calling the gyro pitch. Oh yeah, that yeah. has really really caused a lot of hitters to swing and miss completely changed changed his game this year to where where he 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 might here here in the next week or so he'll he might be a first round draft pick for for somebody i mean it's definitely possible i know a lot of arkansas fans are uh kind of wishing that dave van horn probably would have went to the bullpen there in the ninth inning and taken cops out in, in, in a uh, two to two tie there in the uh, top of the ninth and and it also didn't help that he pitched he pitched I believe two innings in game two so the well, NC, NC State yeah. lineup had an opportunity to see him yeah he was prior to a, game three uh well in the sense like you said they could see his stuff they knew they knew were familiar with him and it probably made 
that gyro pitch that they're talking about yes. a little bit less mysterious. I'm sure that helped them. Credit the NC State pitching staff this weekend. Yeah, after that game, getting one. back into that series. <laughs> yeah, after that. After that, twenty-one to two Arkansas offensive onslaught in game one. Credit the NC State coaching staff and pitching staff making critical, much-needed adjustments in game two and game three, pulling off this huge upset over the uh, number one-seeded Razorbacks. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned uh, Stanford earlier. They they beat Texas Tech which two straight games. Which that, that was that was a absolute – beat down by Stanford over Texas Tech something I did not see coming no they, Stanford absolutely slugged it over the weekend yeah it wasn't there were there were some good series this weekend that I really believe, wasn't one of them I believe it was either 15 or 16 to um to 3 maybe in that first game and then a nine to nothing Stanford shutout in game two to sweep sweep that best of three series to uh, uh, advance the uh, the Cardinal to Omaha their first appearance since two thousand and eight. Then let's see Texas beating uh, Southern Florida, which um, two games as well. That that fir- that first game was that ninth inning was incredible. Texas up three to nothing, three outs away from taking game one. There was a solo homer to start the ninth. And then that big two run bomb to tie it up with two outs in the um in the top of the night to, to tie the game for USF and you could you could really feel the momentum start to shift over into that USF dugout. Texas using uh using the old uh Lee Corso cliche, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> and in, end up end up getting that, that walk off hit to uh to, to to win game one was huge for Texas and then they're able to put um, USF away early you know early and off often with a with a really good offensive offensive day by the uh the, that Longhorn lineup yeah they they're did able a good job taking care of business and they were able to uh to uh sweep sweep the uh the Bulls and take care of business and um yeah just uh another uh another another re- return trip for the Texas Longhorns yeah, something they're, they're pretty familiar yes something that they're very familiar at going uh it's a uh, it's a program that you know can consistently um has has gotten there so that that doesn't surprise me that they're back in Omaha well and then uh, we have Mississippi State beat Notre Dame that just finished yesterday. Yes, uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs are going to their third consecutive College World Series appearance, and that was a pretty fun series. Uh, that first game was crazy. Uh, it was, and then uh, it, it, yeah, Notre Dame having that huge lead, um, and then. 
errors, as we all know, will come back to bite you, especially against uh, Mississippi State on their home ground at Duty Noble Field. Oh, yeah. when, you, you cannot, you cannot make you get mistakes. The cow, when you get the cowbells going, it'll yeah. get in your head. Yes, yeah, you can you cannot make mistakes against that ball club at, at Duty Noble, especially. I mean that, that that crowd will that crowd will let you have it for all nine innings. Yeah, they'll eat you up. And then, I mean, I thought though the third game looked like it could kind of be a repeat. State got out to that huge lead. Notre Dame kept kind of clawing back. I was hoping that they'd kind of make a game out of it. We'd maybe get a a thrilling final inning there, but I. State held on and they didn't get too close. Yes, um, I, re- I I'm like you. I, I expected that that game three to to really be uh really be a nail biter. But um, you know, state state did what they what what did what they had to do to to hold off that pretty good offensive uh offensive hitting ball club of of Notre Dame, which they 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 really. Um, I, I, I didn't know much about Notre Dame. Well, you don't really think of them much as a baseball school, right? Right. Um, now you know you 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 do think of Palmineri, who just retired at LSU. You, you you do think of him back in his Notre Dame days when he was uh, head coach there, and 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 how how he how he built the program. But uh, it's 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 actually kind of nice to see a school like. Notre Dame having a great season in, in in baseball and um and 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 being you know one win away from the College World Series and and and, and giving Mississippi State all that they had um, I mean kudos to the Irish for 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 not backing down because let's face it Duty Noble Field it's it's uh you know it's it's one of the meccas of of college baseball and it's certainly a hostile environment that's for sure oh yeah i mean notre dame looks strong all postseason and like you said they they gave mississippi state all they had it's just i mean i believe mississippi state is just the better baseball team and that showed yes and 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 certainly it doesn't hurt um that you've that you've been there oh yeah you know you you, they're comfortable you've been there consistently um you know, before the series went over the weekend, they had been to two cons- two consecutive College World Series. So, you know, I mean, it 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 only helps you out when you've when you're when you're at at your home your home ballpark, the Duty Noble Field, and you've gone to Omaha the. Uh, the past, you know, the past two seasons, so you're 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 expected to do it, and it's just about going out there and taking care of business, and that's what the Bulldogs did over the weekend. Well, and speaking of taking care of business, let's talk about a another Mississippi team that's going to be missing out again. They didn't take care of business. Arizona beat Ole Miss. Yes, over in Tucson. Yes. Uh, you know that that Arizona Arizona lineup has a lot of power, a lot of a lot of firepower. Yeah, in there it. were there were some high scoring games in this one, and I was you know that that did not shock me at all considering um, both squads do not have much pitching at all. 
You know, we we knew we knew that going into that series, but it was it was going to be about you know which which of the two high powered offenses was was going to slug more, and then which pitching staff was going to hold their counterpart to the fewer runs, and it ended up being Arizona. Just and not even really a close game in this series. Arizona blows out the first game. Yes. Ole Miss blows out the second. And then to finish it off, Arizona blows out the third. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's just not not shocking at all um, considering the uh, offensive, offensive uh, firepower of, of both squads, but – you know, like I said, it just it just came down to who who which team was going to pitch better when it mattered the most, and uh, um, Arizona had it in Game Three, that's for sure. Yeah, well, the the Ole Miss pitchers looked I was just more gassed than and than the Arizona the Arizona pitching staff. I mean, as as difficult as we knew the hitters would be, the that the, the Arizona pitchers in Game Three did exactly what they had to do. Yes, they made Ole Miss the Ole Miss hitting look pretty average in two of those three games. So, I mean, props to Arizona. Yeah, and um, and, and, and you know, you know, you knew Ole Miss had that that firepower in their lineup, but the the inconsistency all season. Yeah, that's it. They're not consistent at all. I mean, yeah, but you but you knew you knew they had it in them. Because they were, um, I, I, I believe they were second statistically in, in offensive categories in the SEC, uh, right behind Arkansas. Um, but and that just wasn't there for right for this right. And, and but you knew that they they were going to out have to out slug Arizona to to be able to um, it, advance to the College World Series and game one and three did not happen um they they always felt more confident with Doug Nikhazy on the mound in game two which you know you you knew when that cat was was on the mound that that you were winning that ball game but it it just it really surprised me the run support that they actually gave him yeah and spread that out a little bit more in game two um because it certainly didn't happen against Florida State in the in the regional winner bracket game. No, yeah, that was, was a close one. Um, you know, only only four four runs scored there for the Ole Miss offense and a four to three win over Florida State. But going um, but going back to your point about pitching, Chris, I thought Jay Johnson, the the Arizona head coach, did something that. I wish a lot more head coaches or, or managers, you know, whatever you want to call them, would do. And that's a pitcher by committee in a winner take all game like that. Especially when you don't have the pitching and it hasn't been there for you all season and you're having to rely on your offense to win you ball games. But if you do a pitcher by committee, you know, uh, pitch a, pitch a certain a certain guy for maybe two or three innings. If you can, if you can do that in, in, in a winner take all game, I, I, be, I believe, 
I, I believe that's a recipe for success in a winner-take-all game well, is a pitcher-by-committee approach in that type of situation. Well, it's like, it reminds me of the opener strategy from the Rays that's worked out for them, especially yes. in postseason play. When, Absolutely. Uh, they know they're spread thin, so they use that strategy, and it, it tends to work out. I, some people have tried to copy it in the MLB, and it hasn't worked out quite as well as it has for the Rays. But, yeah, it definitely worked out for the Wildcats. Yes, because it it, it, it keeps it, it keeps uh, your counterpart off balanced with with uh, with scouting reports. The starter in in game three was a reliever that had only started, I believe, the whole entire year um two games. And I, I thought that was brilliant on Jay Johnson's part because, you know, the, uh, the, the Ole Miss coaching staff doesn't know much about him. Um, right. You know, you're, 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 you're gathering up, scattering reports and as much information as, as you possibly can going, going into that series. And that guy was not, a, you know, not towards uh, or probably not, a, not even on their list at all. And Jay Johnson's like, here, here's a wild card for you. Let's see if you can, you know, hit this guy after you scored, what was it, 12 runs on us the night before. Right. I, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And, you know, that's uh, J- Jay Johnson, you know, saying, hey, hey, look, um, look, if, if you want to get to Omaha, well, look, I, I've, I've got some. I've got some wild cards up my sleeve, and, and boy, did he throw them at throw them at that off, offensive uh, team at at Ole Miss. Oh yeah, that that definitely worked. And let's see, we got around uh, uh, Vanderbilt beating East Carolina. That was a really good series. Yeah, even though it, you know, Vandy won both games, but yes, you know, good competitive series. Pitching was phenomenal those two games. Which would, pitching a, was absolutely phenomenal. If if you love good old fashioned pitcher duels, boy, would did you have a treat in Nashville over the weekend? That's something we're used to with Vandy as well. Yes, yeah, uh, I mean, espe- well known especially, yes, especially with quite arguably, in my opinion, the number one and number two overall pick in the MLB draft coming up, and Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter, uh, son of you know former. Major League great Al Leiter. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know him very well, Chris. For sure, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, just two two outstanding pitchers uh, showing how dominant that they have been in their college careers before they, uh, they go off to pro baseball. But, boy, did they, they put on a show. But kudos to um, – to the the ECU starters as well, they 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 accepted the challenge that was in front of them, knowing that they were going up against well, quite possibly your number one and number two overall pick. I mean, they they didn't let up at all. They they said, "Hey, anything you can do, I can do better." And they went toe to toe with those boys. Just. Um, just not quite enough. Not enough offense, but that's that's not going to happen against those two guys. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately for uh, for for the Pirates, right? But, um, Let's but, see, and 
incredible job by Cliff Godwin though this season. It, it's just that that's that was a tough draw. He knew it. That program knew it. I, I'm sure their fans knew it. Um, but um, just an incredible, incredible two games of uh, pitching performances for sure was was really fun to watch. Oh yeah, fun series. And then the weird series where Virginia beat Dallas Baptist at South Carolina. But that was a fun series as well. Something that will never happen again. Um, where the supposed supposed to be host of the Super Regional is not even playing at home. Right. Not even playing in their home ballpark. It's such a weird, strange turn of events, the um, way things were set up. It's just I mean, how it went down. It did. It did. Uh, ab- absolutely crazy. But that was a fascinating series as well uh, over the weekend. Those two teams literally went back and forth at each other. Well, yeah. It looked and like- it was the testament, of course, in any sport, anything you do in life, who wants it more? And it ended up being the Cavaliers that wanted it more with a huge, a huge grand slam in yeah. game three to take the lead yeah, over Dallas say, Baptist. Dallas Baptist looked like they had it. And then that grand slam just completely, I mean, it just didn't feel the same after that for obvious reasons. I yes. mean, that, that, put, that pretty much put away the, the game for Virginia. Yes, uh, but two, I mean – just an incredible series, uh, just back and forth, both teams. I I, I remember um, game one, Virginia had a five to two lead, um, and and this this was right before that long, long rain delay when they right, when yeah. they I mean top of the ninth inning and they have this long rain delay, but Dallas Baptist comes back. Puts uh puts four up on the board to take a six to five lead, you know they have that long rain delay, and by some miracle Dallas Baptist is able to come out of that rain delay and shut them down three up three down in the ninth to to take, you know the one zero series lead take to take game one, and then um game two and three was a chess match. Yeah, it was so fun to just see him go back and forth. Just great, great baseball being played in that series. And like I said, it just came down to who wanted it more. Um, you know, who who was going to make the adjustments? Who who was uh, who who was really going to take the um, bull by the horns, so to speak? Um and and do whatever it do whatever it took to win that winner take all game three and and just a a huge grand slam late late in that ball game in game three um helps the Cavaliers advance to Omaha. Yep, yep. They they're moving on and another team that's moving on that's super excited. Tennessee beating LSU, which any other year would be a surprise, but not so much this year. Yes. 
I will say that I was surprised, though. I, I expected that series to go three games. Oh, yeah, true. I like expected to be close. Um, Paul Maneri made made a pitching mistake in game one, in my opinion. I thought he I thought he should have stuck with this his starter a little bit longer. I, I I believe I believe when he when he took his uh when he took his starter out, he he was at the seventy six uh he had thrown seventy six pitches up to that point, but he was I mean he was uh he was effective against that against that pretty good Tennessee lineup. And you know you you knew LSU didn't have much in in their bullpen um other than Fontenot, which it's a shame that he didn't even pitch at all um over the weekend. And uh, uh especially when Maneri had him ready in the bullpen in that regional final game against Oregon. Um, got into some trouble there, up by two, nine to seven, in the in the bottom of the ninth. Got into some trouble there, and Oregon made a game out of it. Oh yeah, that that was that was an exciting game there. But you you know you've got Fontenot ready, your your best arsenal in your bullpen, and and you don't go to him at all. Just, I, I just, I just didn't understand that. But you know, you you figured Maneri would have stuck with the starter, which which had done a fabulous job of of keeping that Tennessee Tennessee offense unbalanced. Well, and he didn't have and comfortable like like they had been all year long, and only seventy six pitches. And um, yes, absolutely. It's not you know. Still, that's he could go another twenty at, yes. at least, you know, and and probably get you another inning, maybe two if things go well, and then and and then give the ball to Fontenot to to finish him off. Um, now now obviously LSU lacked on the offensive end as well in this series for sure, but you knew you were going to have to pitch it against that Tennessee lineup this weekend, especially at their house. And I, I just didn't understand the move there, um, taking out a starter in game one. and uh, Also, it's game one. You want to, like, save your bullpen. You do. As much as you can. You do. You do. And once again, especially in a series where LSU really had to pitch it. Um. But as we know, he he takes out a starter, and the the Tennessee offense just just pounces. Um, you know, on a couple of couple of guys out of their bullpen. Next thing you know, game one is in the bag for Tennessee. Um, and then you go to game two, Maneri rolls out Marcino and uh just he he just had he just had a bad day uh with his mechanics. It, it, his his stuff his stuff was just not there that day. Um 
And when you're in a best of three, I mean, yes. that'll, that'll kill you, especially yes. when you're at a, the do or die stage. Right. Right. And, um, and you know, you, you figured Maneri was going to go, um, right after game one, he was going to go with, uh, Marcino and then saving Labus in game three. But you got to get his, there first. Exactly. His, 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 his mistake in game one, uh, really hurt him from, from being able to do that. And, and, and really, really, I, I think, I think that's what changed the tide in this series early going in game one was, was not, not keeping the starter in the ball game. Um and and Tennessee just just got got in their normal groove offensively like we've seen them accustomed accustomed to doing, and the next thing next thing you knew this series was over. Yep. yep. I mean, ab, absolute beat down in game two, and you know series is over. Series game match Vols yep. going to Omaha. So that means you got Tennessee in a bracket with Texas, Mississippi State, and Virginia. And then the other bracket is Vandy, Stanford, Arizona, and NC State. Uh, later on at the end, we'll talk about who we think will and I, I'm, win I'm, each of those. And I, I'm really intrigued on that. Um, the the side of the bracket that begins play Saturday with the four teams consisting of NC State, Stanford. Vandy in Arizona. Vandy in Arizona. Um, because NC State showed you that they that they could pitch it. We all know Vandy can pitch it. Uh with, with their with their two starters. Now there's not there's uh there's not a whole lot much after that. But let me let me tell you, you can you can go pretty you can go pretty deep. And, and, and get you in a catbird seat real quick with rocker and lighter at Omaha, it, you know, if, if they're on like, like they were over the weekend against DCU. But then you've got the, the other two squads that showed you some firepower over the weekend, showed you that they could, they can slug the ball. Oh yeah. Well, and I'll definitely have my eyes on NC state like to see if they can Cinderella their way to the final maybe be like boy uh, wouldn't that be something their basketball team the yeah yeah, win the and, yeah championship and yes and and you and you right off the bat uh what comes to mind for me speaking of cinderellas in the college world series that you think of that went on a run in omaha and won it all um were the 2008 fresno state bulldogs oh yeah that's and the 2016 Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Yeah, those those were some uh, fun champions to have. So um, those Cinderella stories are always fun to, and, to watch. And, and, and this is NC State's uh, third and only appearance in the College World Series. So you know th- this is this is not the norm for them, but they let me let me tell you. You're feeling quite confident after after upsetting the uh, the number one nationally ranked seed in the Arkansas Razorbacks. So you're, you know, if you're uh, 
if you're an NC State Wolfpack fan, you're feeling really good going into the oh, yeah. College World Series you know this those, weekend. You know those players have to be feeling confident as well. They just can't get too much of a big head. Got to stay focused, and yes. it'll be fun to see what they can do when and, they and, get there. And, and you're going up against a really, a really, um, really good offensive team in Stanford that that they showed you against Texas Tech over the weekend. So that that's, that's going to be fun, and um, Vandy and uh, Arizona is going to be fun as well. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll have to. Well, like I said, we'll make predictions later on who we think will win, but uh, we'll keep our eye on that, and that'll be fun to watch. So, Chris, tell us a little bit about what's going on in racing right now. All right. Well, so the Formula One race was supposed to take place in Canada. But oh, wow. uh, like Toronto, the Blue Jays, you know they they weren't able, they're not able to play there right now, and the race was canceled earlier this year. Oh, you've got to be kidding! So me. that didn't happen. Gosh. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate, but uh, there's another race coming up this weekend. So don't have to wait too long. And one thing I watched on Saturday night that was really fun was the SRX, the Superstar Racing Experience, had their debut race, and it was on CBS. It was a great show. Really good racing. A uh, lot of side-by-side and good short track beating and banging style racing. They're, they're going for that that sort of local home track, but with superstars. So you have, I mean, the, Tony Stewart was one of the people who helped start it. You got Bill Elliott out there, but also some younger drivers. And um, it was just a great show. There were a few little hiccups. Uh, one being that, as, as you as you would expect, yeah, like one of them was that. So the rules are that if you are if your starting car that you're in like has an issue, you get a backup car even if the you're like halfway through the night. And the reason why is because all the cars are provided by the league itself. It's like the old IROC series where the cars are all equal. And they're provided by the league, so there's, so if if you have an issue with your car, you get a new one. The only issue was when Greg Biffle had issues with his car, he got a new car that had fresher tires, not brand new tires, but they were fresher than the rest of the the uh, the other competitors. Other cars. Yeah. yeah, so he had yeah. he had an advantage for like twenty or thirty laps wow. where he was able to just come from the back and take the lead and granted that was fun to watch in its own right to see him move through the field like that but that's something they're going to have to figure out in the future maybe put enough laps on them to where they'll be even if they have to replace the car for the last stage because it's three different stages you have an opening time session a heat a second heat where they invert the field to start it Mm -hmm. and then the final uh, the main event to to close it out, which was a hundred laps this first race. So that was one little hiccup. The second one was that uh, in the name of entertainment, they threw a caution just for fun, basically. Uh, <laughs> it was just to 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 tighten up the field and make the racing closer the only problem was the racing was actually pretty close like the first four cars were within 
I believe it was within a couple of seconds of each other. So those are decent oh, battle wow. for first. They just weren't side by side, but they were. The race was happening. Oh and yeah, it was naturally, you know, pretty interesting. And and I'm I'm sure as a racing fan, that's that's something you love to see. Oh yeah, just to watch it play out and see who absolutely who wins in the long run. But they decided to throw a caution just to bunch the field back up for the final fifty laps or so, something like that. And I mean, I appreciate their honesty that they were like, yeah, we're just throwing this because like there wasn't an issue. We just okay. wanted to, to, I mean, I'm glad they were honest, but moving forward, I would rather they just not do that at all and yes. just let the racing happen. Yes. I, and, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So especially since they started this whole marketing push to make this series, they're like, we're bringing real racing back. We're not going to do some of the gimmicky stuff that NASCAR does. And then they throw a gimmick in there like that. So, you know, I hopefully they can sort those two little things out because otherwise the racing was great. The cars are real racy. That's great. And that's great to hear. Um, they have some young superstars in, some old superstars. And the guy that won, his name was Doug Kobe. And it's interesting because he was the local uh superstar like he's just the local guy who races that track a lot i mean he's raced a lot of short tracks like that he's well known in the the, but the that, lower na- the but lower racing series but he was the like track that he's more comfortable with that that he he know he knows how to navigate oh yeah for sure he he knows the yeah. track well and the the local fans went crazy when he like took the lead and he he won the race so that's incredible yeah so it's neat to have a series where you pit old veterans against young up and coming stars yeah. and like local heroes as they call them. So I'm interested to see where the series moves forward from there. And then in NASCAR, we had the all-star race this past weekend. Uh, honestly, not super exciting. They had the, the low horsepower package, uh and high downforce so the cars stayed close together but very hard to pass uh it'd be interesting for two or three laps and then it'd be just so hard to pass that i mean it wasn't a terrible race but definitely not one to write home about very mediocre and you I, I remember uh, over the weekend, I, I, I saw where you, you put on Twitter, and I, I absolutely agree with you that the um, the all-star contest in each sport need to be more competitive. Yeah, they're just honestly not all that interesting anymore. I, I don't know. I don't think it's just because I was a kid and it was fun to see like the all-stars. I think it's... Also that it seems like the players, I mean, it's nice to see the players be loose and have fun, but it just doesn't really mean much. So you're just kind of watching players or drivers go through the motions and just be there. Which is sad because you you figured that um, the, the players that get to selected for for have, having a great uh, first half of their season, you um you you figured that they would be be anxious and and you know willing to put on a show, 
in, in in these all-star contests but that that just that doesn't seem to be the case anymore which is which is you know sad yeah and, from and, a sports fans perspective and nascar has been trying everything they've thrown a hundred different formats at this all-star event for the wow. past few years and they moved it to texas this year which i mean texas is kind of a it was just a bone to throw at texas because they moved the regular season race at texas to another track uh circuit of the americas but um they had a compu- confusing format that i can't even begin to rattle off to you here because there were like a hundred different rules and inverts and stages and you know your average fan just turning on the race to see what would happen would not know what was going on because even the diehard fans aren't going to know what's going on so i mean i say all that i don't want to complain too much the race was okay Kyle Larson won again. <laughs> Hendrick Motorsports is on fire right now. Uh, Kyle Larson and Hendrick seems like a match made in heaven. And Hendrick is back to the old days of Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson, it yes. seems like, yes. winning over and over. So that good, was this past weekend. Good old days are back. <laughs> yeah, for, for Hendrick and their fans. <laughs> uh, if you're a fan of another team, you might be wanting to close your eyes a little bit as the dominance commences. Yes. For sure. And then uh, this coming week, we go to Nashville Super Speedway, which is interesting because they haven't been there since 2012, I believe. Yeah. Wow. Shut down 2012. So how how come how come of uh, the shutdown there? Uh, well, first of all, the Cup Series never went there. It was just like the now Xfinity and Truck Series. Oh, okay. But it was okay. kind of a... It just it wasn't a very popular race. It's, I got you. It's not a super great track. We'll see how it does this weekend. I think a lot of people don't have their hopes up high. I mean, I'm always hopeful that it'll be a good race. We'll see what happens. Okay. What people are really excited for is hopefully returning to the Nashville Fairgrounds oh, track yeah. one day, which is yeah. a, a fun, a, a really nice short track that NASCAR hasn't been to since uh, it's I think the early '80s. We'll see this going to Nashville Super Speedway is kind of a way to just reintroduce NASCAR to that area in the hopes, we believe, of going to Nashville Fairgrounds in the future. Okay. And that's, I mean, that's in the process. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is really working hard to get there, so we'll see what happens. So so they're, they're, really, they're really promoting this thing. Yeah. They, to the... To the- fullest extent and the track is already the the race has already been sold out and they had to add extra grandstands so it seems like fans in the area are interested in nascar coming back which we all know we all know in the south the the nascar fan base is absolutely incredible they they're they're going to pack out each and every single race there is especially in the south yeah so uh i mean things are looking good uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how the, the race in Nashville goes. I mean, if I had to predict who's going to come out on top, I mean, you got to have Hendrick, especially Kyle Larson at the top of that. But <laughs> any of his drivers are – he has four teams right now that are just on top of their game. All right, well, before we get to the random page of the day, we should probably go ahead and talk about this upcoming week a little bit. 
so first of all, of course, we're going to finally find out who is going to be in the NBA Conference Finals joining the, the Suns. So let's see. Who, who do we think? We talked about this a little bit earlier, but who do you think is going to join them there between the Jazz and the Clippers? I believe the Clippers will advance to the conference finals. Um, but I, I, I believe the series will go seven games. So we'll get a, we'll get some last, uh, game dramatics. We will. And I think what really helps the Los Angeles Clippers, um, to, or, or, or what, what I like, uh, out of them to advance, to the Western Conference Finals is the fact that they won every single road game in their first round series against the Dallas Mavericks, and that's going to come into play if they do go seven games, which I predict. Uh, the L.A. Clippers have pretty much the old cliche, been there, done that. L.A. Clippers will be ready for a game seven in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. I do believe they get it done on the road. They advance to the Western Conference uh, Finals. Should be a really fun matchup there. Okay. Well, and then we go from, from the West to the to the East with Bucks and Nets. Which that's, that's, that's been a crazy series thus far. Uh, Nets... First two games just dominant, uh, dominant over the Bucks. Um, but you think with those injuries, yes. the, the Bucks are probably gonna probably eat, the, eat this one out. I think so, Chris. Um, I, I I think so. I like I like the Bucks in seven. Another I, seven game series. I like the Milwaukee Bucks in seven. I I believe. Um, I believe one of those superstars will will come back. Uh, Critical game five in Brooklyn. Uh, James Harden is doubtful tonight, but you know, if you get if you get into desperation mode too quickly, it's going to come back to bite you one way or another. Whether it's in this series or next, and you especially don't want it to happen next series when when you know all. Everything's on the line, especially like I said in a season where it's up for grabs. Um, I I just I just don't believe Brooklyn's going to be healthy enough going forward in this series uh, to pull it out. So that's why that's why I like the Milwaukee Bucks in seven. Okay, and then they'll be going up against either the Seventy Sixers or the Hawks. Yeah. It's, Another another crazy series where um, I think it could go either way, and that probably means it could go to Game Seven. Yes, this is this is a very difficult series to predict a winner right now, considering uh, what we talked about earlier, Chris, with Joel Embiid, um, his partially torn meniscus really really bothering him, and that's that second half last night, uh, that 18-point collapse where he went 0 for 12 from the field. Right. But if you had to pick one of these two? I 
I'm going to go with the 76ers, but I, I think I think they get it done in six. Okay. Just because um, just because of Atlanta, they haven't experienced the playoffs as much. They're they're a relatively um, new new group to the playoffs. Just, just it's just because they're young. Um, pardon the pun, Trey Young. <laughs> but but I mean Trey Trey Young has been incredible um in this series and so have the Atlanta Hawks. They they have really um they've really played with grit and, and, and pride in this series. They have really um gone toe to toe with the number one seeded 76ers, but I, I I believe the uh the 76ers win the next two to close this thing out. Um, and then that would pit the Bucks versus the 76ers if both of those scenarios pan out. Yes. Um, and, you know, you always in the back of my mind, Chris, is Doc Rivers's, um, his in his inability to to get over the hump at times in the playoffs as, as as a head coach. Now we all know he won the NBA championship in 2008 with the Boston Celtics, but after that, it, it it's been it's been nothing but a uphill battle for him. It seems like in the playoffs he's um he he's let he's let plenty of playoff series get away from him. In, in in a in a negative way or from a from a coaching co- the coaching aspect mm-hmm. of it um whether it's it's his you know didn't have his players ready to play or he was making the um you know wrong substitutions not not making certain halftime adjustments in game in game adjustments at that and so that that certainly um always hits me in the back of my mind is um and and that and that's that, that's also in this uh in this series with the Atlanta Hawks as as well me talking about earlier with uh players for the 76ers have have, have got to step up um I, I i believe i believe they'll end up doing that we transition from that to baseball, which we're just going to take a quick peek at sort of two of the biggest series this week, one in the American League, one in the National League. Both are happening right now. They've already played game one, but the Rays and White Sox, two big big boys in the in the American League right now. Oh, that'll be fun, Chris. Yeah, and coincidentally, both of these games, first one were won five to two. Uh, Rays took the first one against the White Sox. Okay, and uh, of course the Mets beat the Cubs in Game One. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, of course me being, me, me being the big Cub fan that I am, I, I, I checked a little bit of that out last night. Um, was was obviously, um, disappointed in the Cubs' offense last night, only only scoring two after the uh, big series sweep over the arch rival St. Louis Cardinals over the weekend. I think it'll be a close series and I mean I think they may I may lean towards the 
the Mets a little just because they seem to be hot and at home right now. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the Cubs are much better at Wrigley Field, of course. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially with uh, Wrigley Field going back to full capacity, which is wonderful to see. I might add, after the uh, the pandemic, um, you know, last year fans were not able to attend ball games, but you you just love to see the fact that um, all sporting events are either close to or uh or or back at a hundred percent capacity so the cubs are a much better home team as you would expect but uh i i would i would have to agree with you on this one chris yeah well and similarly of course we got a little bit of a preview so maybe it's not totally fair but i as hot as they are i expect the rays to to beat the white Sox as well i mean i honestly wouldn't be surprised if they ended up sweeping the white Sox as good really? as they've been i mean we'll see i they breaking just, news people i mean the rays are just <laughs> listen they know how to give me a little bit of hope as a yankee fan and then just crush them so i'm sure that okay. they'll like <laughs> they'll probably come in and just just sweep the white Sox. but that that, that sure that sure them. is that sure is a fun looks like a fun series though on paper Oh yeah, I mean, I think ba- a battle between two first place teams in the American League. It doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, it should be close. I mean, I, <laughs> honestly, a sweep is is a bit uh, 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 crazy and far fetched. Yeah. But just the way that the Rays are and as scrappy as they are, I would not be shocked because, like you said, on paper this is close and it should be exciting. But the Rays, but baseball are a is crazy baseball. team, and yeah. baseball is baseball. Exactly, baseball <laughs> anything, is baseball. Anything and everything will and can happen yes. at any given point. <laughs> so then we move to college baseball, where we have those brackets with uh, one with Vandy, Stanford, Arizona, NC State. Man, that's going to be a good one, Chris. That's going to be a fun side of the bracket in Omaha. Yeah, that's it's tough. I mean, I'm probably going to go with Vandy there. Honestly, really, I think I'll go with Vandy. That I, I like pitching when it comes to postseason play. Yes, yes, pitching pitching matters. Um, you know, as as an Ole Miss fan, wasn't much of it at all this season, and yes. and it and it came back to bite them when it uh, when it mattered most, especially in the Super Regional over the weekend against a hot swinging club in Arizona. Um, but, but yeah, the, the, the starting pitching that the, the Commodores have is, um, is the best in the country That's as, as dynamic of a duo as you will ever see. Yeah. And I mean, my heart is with NC state. I'd love to see the Cinderella story play out, but my brain says Vandy. So we'll see what happens there. Who do you think? Man, that's a great question, Chris. Um, I know it's tough. The reason why I like that side of the bracket so much is you have two teams that showed me over the weekend that they could pitch and two teams that showed me that they could slug it. I agree with you um, that you need you – need pitching uh, to to advance you in Omaha through winner's bracket, loser's bracket, 
especially when you get into that College World Series final where it's a best of three, like I just talked about. You you have got to have pitching. Um, man, I I do I do like your I do like your Vanderbilt pick. I liked, I, I really liked what I saw over the weekend with um, Stanford and Arizona. Those are the two teams that I'm I'm leaning with right now. Um, man, man, it, it it's tough because Stanford Stanford pitched it pretty well mm-hmm. against a you know really good Texas Tech squad. Um, in Lubbock, and basically just dominated dominated that series. Man, I'm I'm having a hard time right now picking between <laughs> Stanford and Arizona. I think I'm going to go with Stanford. Okay, I mean they they've looked strong. I don't, there's really not a bad pick here. I, I oh no doubt. I I, yeah. I believe I believe any of those teams could advance to the College World Series final. That that's that's how that's how good that side of the bracket is, and 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 my my personal opinion. Um, I I do I do love Arizona's offense, and what I saw from them against Ole Miss over the weekend. Um, I'm just going to pick Stanford for the reasoning of I like their pitching better. They they showed me more out of their pitching staff, a little bit more complete, especially. Like I just said, going on the road to Lubbock, Texas, and absolutely manhandling the Texas Tech Red Raiders in their in their home ballpark, um, from a pitching and hitting perspective. So I'm I'm going to take the Stanford Cardinal uh, because I know they can swing it. And and they they showed me, they they just they just showed me more from their pitching staff than than Arizona did. Okay, well, and then we have the other bracket: Texas, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Virginia. Who you got there? Man, it, it, this is also uh, this is also tough to pick. I like. Texas showed me that they could pitch. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in their offense as much. Um, Mississippi State has has re- uh, two top notch uh, starters in their rotation, and uh, McLeod and uh, Bednar. Um. So I I like I like them there, and they they showed me they they showed me a good bit offensively, and then then of course you've got you got a hot Tennessee squad right now, um, which can uh, what you know which uh which showed me they could do a little bit of both as well, um. I cannot believe I'm fixing to say this. It, it, it's something I never thought I'd say. Um, but they're on the right side of the bracket for once. 
and th- you know this is a this is a this is an absolutely great opportunity for this program that has been a mainstay uh, for years. I like Mississippi State to advance to the College World Series final from that side of the bracket. Yeah, I'm kind of debating between them and Texas, honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, now that's, you know, uh, just like with me, with Stanford and Arizona, I picked Stanford because they showed me more pitching-wise. Um, in, in this instant, Mississippi State showed me a lot on 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 both pitching and offensively for for me to pick them, um, but I, I obvious obviously Texas Texas can 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 do both as well. But it's just Mississippi State showed me more over the weekend, and um, you know normally when you're going into the final eight. In Omaha, it, it comes down to which team is hotter. Yeah, that, and that's – I mean, of course, Mississippi State's coming off a, a great win, but that's another reason why, like, Tennessee's kind of hanging back here as well because they're – No doubt. They're really hot right now. But no I, doubt. I also think that's why I'm going to give a slight edge to Texas. Okay. I'll say it'll be Vandy versus Texas just because they're they're really hot right now. And I feel like they've got a team that can that can compete with Mississippi State. Like, I, oh, oh, no question. They're yeah. they're not they're not the uh, they're not the number two overall seed right. for nothing. Exactly. And of course, that we're we're not talking about Virginia here. They're kind of the odd man out in this bracket. Yes. I mean, I'm and they 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 showed me that they could pitch it as well. Yeah. Now, the, now let's not go off the deep end because they now they did play Dallas Baptist you know a, a school I, I I believe that that was their first super regional appearance I may oh, be okay. I may be wrong yeah I see what you're saying I mean and and and, and, and a team that had never um had, you know had had never advanced to the college world series kind of like Texas playing a AAC school and their super regional that once again came back in the bottom in the excuse me the top of the ninth inning in the in that that game one to tie it up and um I mean really put the longhorns on their heels but you know with with you picking them I, I, I could also see why in this aspect where teams normally have in the back of my in the back of their mind oh my goodness they've just tied the ball game up you know what on what on earth else can happen but texas and keep you, their cool and they did they sure did and uh they're they're able to to get a walk off off win in the bottom half of that inning which is which is big and so I, I can I can definitely see why you picked them because they they seem they seem like they're they're very mature a very mature team um, from the aspect of 
they get punched in the mouth, they know how to punch back. Oh yeah, for sure. And and that that definitely can help them out if they just so happen to get in the losers bracket at some point. Yeah, they seem like somebody that could claw back. No question get right about back it. In the thick of it. No question about it. So so that's uh you know that's that's very debatable and uh, you know you can't you can't go wrong with Texas there either because like I said they're they're number they're number two in the country for a reason, folks. Oh yeah, and so that means. You've got Stanford, Mississippi State. I do. I've got Vandy, Texas, which probably means it'll be NC State and Virginia in the final. No, we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Two ACCs, the only two ACC schools slugging it out. I mean that that'd be like a double Cinderella story going on. Of course, Virginia it, has a history, but and I actually think that would be a great series too. Now there wouldn't be much offense. No, for sure. I definitely would be going for NC State in that scenario. To oh, me too, because because you know Virginia won the national championship back in 2015. Yeah, it hasn't been long. What uh, six years removed now? Mm-hmm. They just they're just kind of the but like, underdog this year in their bracket. Yes, um, but going back to what I said earlier, this is only NC State's uh, third College World Series appearance. So, um, congratulations to the Wolf Pack on uh you know getting back to omaha at, after after it'd been a while for one um but they are coming in mighty confident after that big upset over arkansas oh yeah you you know they're feeling good so i mean we'll see we'll see how that turns out but all right, y'all, here we go. The last segment of the show where it's a little idea I had where I don't know if you've ever been to like baseball reference or football reference or racing reference, but you can like just click a button and it takes you to a random page of a game or a player or a year with a team, I, just anything, anything you can imagine, any random encyclopedia of knowledge page that you can go to. So I clicked the random button on baseball reference this week, and it took me to a Mets-Pirates game in Pittsburgh on June 5th, 1965. Long time ago. Yes. We're going back here. At the time of this meeting, the Mets had 20 wins and 30 losses. The Pirates had 22 wins and 26 losses. So not a marquee matchup going on here. And you say you're from the 60s. <laughs> we need a... Uh, so let's go back to the 60s. Yeah, we need James Earl Jones to come... Oh, no doubt. ...do this for us real quick. But No doubt. Field of Dreams reference, folks. Yes. Field of Dreams. Great movie, by the way. Oh, yeah. Classic. My favorite, my favorite sports movie. All right, so... The Mets got crushed in this game. Pirates won 9 to nothing. Pirates scored six runs in the first inning, uh, another in the second, <laughs> another in the seventh, another in the eighth. But, so not a close game. Looking at... Uh, Got off to a hot start, though. Yeah, and, and looking, <laughs> I mean, I the Mets, of course, were terrible at this time. 
not until 1969, though. Yeah, Chris. Exactly. I mean, they the miracle met. I know that. I mean, that's the amazing story, right? So I mean, four years later. Mm-hmm. I mean, this they, year they they turn from turn turn that franchise around real quick. Oh yeah, because in 1965 they were 50 and 112 with two ties. And yeah, they turn it around by 1969. To, 50 and 112. Yeah, with two ties. To world to the Miracle Mets team in 1969. Absolutely mm-hmm. remarkable. And folks. actually, Casey Stengel, uh, I mean, he started out this year as manager, but he didn't finish the year. Wes Westrom came in by the second half of the season. So, oh, wow. So they were making changes. And the Pittsburgh Pirates finished 90 and 72 with one tie. So they. Wow. So they came back and they finished third in the National League. They didn't go to the postseason. But. I wonder who won the World Series that, that year. Oh, gosh. I'd have to check real quick. Uh, I'll look that up. I, I, I wonder if they might. I wonder if the Pirates might have played in the World Series in 1965, Chris. No, they, they wouldn't have because they finished third. In their division, and that oh, was I, for, back. I forgot about that. You're you're right. Yeah, you're it, right. So you're right. Uh, they wouldn't have been able to. Didn't uh, if I remember correctly, didn't they do a best of three series to I, to to go to uh the, to get to get to the World Series? The first year they did that was actually 1969. I'll so be shortly after this. Yeah, a lot of 1969 references yeah. here, folks. Right. You gotta love it though, <laughs> Woodstock. <laughs> well, nineteen sixty-five was pretty. <laughs> I mean, it's a pivotal year in American history. That's for sure. No question about it. And um, miracle, the miracle Mets being a part of it. And of course, I wasn't born yet, but uh, me being the big Chicago Cubs fan that I am, at that was just uh, part of a uh, part of a Cub fan heartbreak right there uh cubs you know so so close to so close to a world series birth and you you, you I, I i know fans um fans in 69 really thought that there was that was their year to get over the hump but man what can you say about about those miracle Mets, yeah, that was they, their they year. sure did get hot at the right time, didn't they, Chris? At the very end, yeah, the, the very end of that season. But yeah, nineteen sixty five World Series, the Dodgers beat the Twins uh, in seven games. So it was a what a series. series! Yeah, Dodgers but, and Twins. Uh, I mean, the the only the players you'll really recognize from this game in nineteen sixty five, the Mets Pirates. The, the main players you'll Clemente. recognize will be yeah Roberto Clemente, who went. Uh, two for five, uh, scored three runs. Of course, he had a great year. I, I believe he led in the batting average. Oh yeah, that year. Oh me, yeah, let one, me check that. One of the all time greats. Yeah, nineteen sixty five. Roberto Clemente. Yeah, he led in batting average three twenty nine. Okay. At the end of the season, and another player, the player who had the best day, uh, was uh, Willie Stargell. Yeah. Yeah. So he he went four for five. With four RBI, oh, what a game! Yeah, really good Stargell. day for uh, really Willie Stargell. So that's just sort of a quick look at history. You can look it up on Baseball Reference if you want to go into it deeper. That's New York Mets at Pittsburgh Pirates on June fifth, nineteen sixty-five. It was a Saturday at one thirty p.m. 
Wow, the attendance was 6,581. <laughs> wow. At Forbes Field. So, wow. That's, that's that's really neat though, Chris. I, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. That's uh, it, it. It's always, um, it's always neat to neat to go back, go back in time, if you will. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this week, and uh, we'll be back for week two, and we'll keep refining this, and hopefully, uh getting a little bit better each week with uh, figuring out how we want to order and do things, but I feel like this was a good week one. What do you say? Absolutely. Um, you know, when you when you first sent me that text um, wanting to put this together, I was on board from the get-go. Um, you know, you, you, you really got me pumped up for this. Um, can can considering um i had i'd been down and 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 uncertain about uh about things that are going on in my life but w- when you sent me that text um about starting up this podcast i was just pumped oh i'm i'm pumped I'm about pumped it as well i'm um, glad glad to hear you on board you you know you, you and i've been very close friends uh since the third grade um you were you were my brother and um and 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 you know listen people both of us we we love sports uh we we have always loved talking about sports uh with one another and 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 not only with us though with with uh with other friends of ours with with other people but um, this is just a chance for us to give you our own personal insights and opinions um, about topics, games, events, etc. But uh, this is something that I've always wanted to do for for the people that know me. I've 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 always wanted to get into. Um, get into sports talk radio uh just just anything sports talk related it's it's been a dream of mine and um but i'm just i'm just thankful to you chris for for putting this together oh you're welcome thank you for coming along and trying out the ride with me and it's it's um it's it's an absolute pleasure being a part of this and i can't i can't wait to see um how this goes for us and i'm i'm uh i'm i'm you know me i'll, I'll be anxious uh every single week to be able to sp- talk sports with you brother oh well same here same here i'm looking forward to to each week and i mean the good thing about sports is there's always new games there's always new games coming up yes. to talk about and, and 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 boy do we have a lot of them coming up very meaningful games coming up uh it's it's a great time to be a sports fan for sure and like like our name suggests sport fanatics we're going to be bringing from a fan's perspective yes you know we're not we're not necessarily insiders or like former yeah, players just, or just, anything just our personal insight yeah. you know what what we're feeling at the moment uh what what we're going with predictions and just having some fun so i hope yeah that's what it's all about yeah i hope yeah. hope y'all enjoy it and have some fun too but Thank you, guys. Oh, yeah. Until then, next week, y'all.
Bye bye. Adios.